Hi, and welcome to my Master Making Money with Your Marketing podcast. My name is Nicole Diedrich, and I am the owner of Diedrich Marketing Strategies. And I'm so excited that you're here to learn about how to make more money from your marketing. This is a topic that I talk a lot about with my clients uh, and those who are interested in growing businesses. And it's a topic that we forget about often, about how important marketing is to really scaling our businesses monetarily wise. So if you're here, you're ready to learn more about marketing and how it can make you more money. And I can't wait to have you listen. See you on the other side. Hello, hello again. We are back to, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is episode six. So we are getting in the swing of the podcast here, or at least I'm trying to get into the swing of the consistency of it. See, you know, we all go through when it comes to marketing for ourselves, the process of making sure we're being consistent. So you are not alone. Today's episode is how to find a good marketing expert or support member without focusing on the cost of them. Something I've been hearing a lot lately, especially with consultation calls or even some of my clients who are building in-house teams, right, and using my team to kind of be their strategist to support them with that growth, is it's really hard to look at the investment, right, or the money that we're spending on people in our business as an investment and not as a cost. And it can be scary, too, as we grow especially those of you who are at that like six figure range where you're starting to realize, okay, my business is actually, you know, people like it. They want to buy my things. So I should probably not be doing all of this myself and burn myself out. So when you're at that point, and that was me about a year and a half ago, you have to understand that there is going to be some really uncomfortable stretching here. And a lot of this has to do with actually our money mindset on how we use money, how we gain money and so forth. So I want you guys to know that this stretching and uncomfortability, whether it's talking about money in general, or spending it on things that you actually need is normal, right? We all go through it and we all have it. And it's something that I just wanted to address in this podcast. I actually changed the podcast I was doing for this because it's summertime, which means we are extra aware of the money we are spending, right? Whether it be because we have big trips that we've planned out, whether it be because it's slower season for us and our businesses. Some of you, it may be busy season, but you know what I mean? You feel that during the the slower time, or I always do like air quotations around that because it doesn't have to be slow, but there's techniques and stuff that we have to and strategies that we have to implement for it to not be, right? But anyways, off of my tangent, back to what I'm trying to say here. It, it's really important to understand that When you are bringing someone into your business, no matter what they're doing, today we're obviously talking about marketing team members, you can't just look at them as dollar signs. And here's the reason. There are so many things that my team members have done for me, for the business, for our clients, that one, I would never have been able to do just because maybe it wasn't my skill set. Maybe I didn't have enough time, right? There's a lot of variables there. But the main reason that we've been able to grow and scale and I've been able to actually literally take a breath in my business is because I've stopped looking at just the cost and started looking at the value. Now, I'm not saying just willy-nilly go out and hire people. And today's episode, we'll be going through the red flags to look for 
as well as what you need to have to have a successful marketing, you know, partner, team member, however it is you want to do that. But the thing here that I really want to, I don't know, challenge us all to think about more is why we have such negative feelings towards buying things, right, or investing in things that are going to help us. It's really easy for us to buy things for people we love, or it's really easy to buy things that we think, you know, our experiences, it's really based off of what makes you as a human being, you know, thrive. Each of us have different things that do that for us. But I want you to think about how adding to your team and growing your team with the right people is actually going to take so much off of your plate. It's not just about, oh, they're going to make you more money. I don't want that to be the biggest thing here in this podcast. It will. They should be making you money, right? That's obvious. But it shouldn't be something that if they're not making me more money, it means they're doing something wrong and my cost for them doesn't make sense. No. The real reason that we bring team members onto our teams, especially in the marketing space, is one, they know more than us. They can maybe do things quicker than us. They can take things off of our plate so that we actually have time. And I guess that's really the main focus on that is that you as the business owner have more time to sell, right? Whether you like it or not, starting a business, you are the top salesperson. You're the top marketing person. You are obviously the top, you know, ops manager, everything in the background. But as you grow more into your business, you will forever be the most important sales tool to your business. So when you have more time to focus on that and you're able to bring people onto your team who are experts in their spaces, you have more breathing room to actually enjoy the journey and create this ideal that we all have about business ownership and make it a reality. Because it is possible to have a very successful business that is providing life and you know growth to not only your employees and those who support your business, but to yourself. <laughs> and I think there are times where we get stuck in this business model where we think we always have to be hustling all the time. And I'm not going to lie, I get into hustle mode, but I like to do it where it's like kind of scheduled, right? I have like a hustle mode for like a month and then I can take a breather, right? And my team can help me with facilitating what we just hustled to have happen. And I want all of you to be able to do that and be able to build a business that you truly love without hindering yourself because all you're thinking about is how much it costs you. Because what we do is we say, oh, pretty much what you're saying when you're telling yourself, oh, I don't need to pay for someone to help me or that doesn't make sense or they're too expensive, whatever it is, pretty much all you're saying is you're telling yourself that you do not deserve that help. So we are negatively affecting ourselves, our mental health, our growth in our business, because we are pretty much telling us that we don't believe in ourselves for making that decision. And I'm not saying that everybody that you bring on your team is going to be this lifelong thing. You know, I've gone through three team members already in two years. It's hard, you know, it's something that's always going to be moving and being a boss is not easy. And that's a totally different, you know, added on job, but it's so fulfilling because every person you bring on, there's going to be amazing attributes that they have. And it's something that really helps you finally expand and stop putting everything on you, right? It is not your job to make sure everything goes perfectly. It's also not your job to be the only one running your business. It's kind of those of you who are control freaks like me. I think you'll resonate with this a lot. 
it's our job to build something sustainable. It's our job to be happy in life, right? It's not our job to be doing all of these other things for all of these other people, for ourselves, all by ourselves, right? It's our job to actually be with other people and have other people be able to help us when needed. So today, that's what we're focusing on. There's going to be no cost talk here. There's a lot of, I mean, other than right now, we're talking about cost, right? There's a lot of opinions on go cheap and then you learn the negatives, go expensive and then you won't be taken advantage of. But on both sides of the spectrum, shit happens, right? Okay, it's not always pretty. If people want to do you dirty, they're going to do you dirty. You have no control over that. So as we get into this, put that into your mind that what other people are going to do, you have no control over, right? You can hopefully influence them to make good decisions that help your business or that help you, whatever it is that you want to do. But just know that's not your responsibility to worry about. Your responsibility is to listen to these red flags that I'm about to tell you and listen to these must-haves in a marketing team member or like a service provider like myself and find those people that work best for you and what you need at the time. So some of the things that I've really been focused on lately, because I do this with clients as well, is listening to my intuition, but also writing out red flags for me. Each of us have different red flags or different things that we maybe don't want to work with or deal with, or maybe we just physically can't, right? Like emotionally, we can't be around people who do X, Y, Z. So for me, it's really important and most likely for you too, to write out things that are a must have in a person that you want to support you with X marketing task. Uh, Today, let's focus on Facebook ads because that's what I do. So it'll be really easy to reference back to. So let's say you're looking for a Facebook ads manager and these are the qualities that you need to have in somebody you partner with or co-work with, right? I like to say partnerships because anybody that you hire that isn't an employee is a partner, right? So how you go into that, their services are being provided, you're paying for those services, but this is a partnership, not an employment. Now, if you're going for employees, I still try to think of them as a partnership as well, but there is obviously differences there too. So the things that I look for and that I write down in good quality people are going to be different than what you find important probably. We will have things that maybe coincide, but there are going to be things that you say are a must and I want you to write those down. I also want you to go down and write down what are red flags or things that you do not want to deal with that are no-goes for you. And something you have to remember is hopefully you can get those answers and know if there are red flags before you hire someone. But let's say you don't find out till later. There are ways that you can work through this, right? And a lot of it has to do with communication style and me talking about that in a few minutes. I'll go over what's really helped me with any conflicts that I've had with clients, whether they have it with me and my team or vice versa. Because really the thing here is communication. And if you're able to communicate upfront in your interview process with people you're wanting to support or have support you, you'll be able to get through this really easily and most likely find some really good people that you won't have a ton of problems with. I will preface this with this even though that doesn't really make sense, but it's okay. (laughs) Please do not expect people you are paying to be perfect. They are going to make honest human mistakes. They're most likely, 99.9% of the time, 
not doing any mistake maliciously or with any intent to hurt your business. If anything, it hurts them just as traumatically if something wrong happens. But please remember that when you do go into conflicts, don't, the world is just one, it's too short in life, but it's wrong of me to not talk about this because I think a lot of people expect, oh, well, you're the expert. You're supposed to be perfect. None of us are perfect, okay? So we don't want anyone thinking that we're expecting them to be perfect, right? And that it's okay for us to just dump and run when one thing goes wrong. And the reason I'm saying this is because a lot of people who hire service providers, maybe there are other reasons that they need out of things, but they're afraid to communicate. And that to me is probably the worst trait that we have as human beings. Please, there is a way for you to communicate when things go wrong in a nice and upfront manner without being passive aggressive, without thinking somebody's doing something on purpose. Um, And this is just a really big deal to me. So just treat others how you would like to be treated when bad things happen, because they will happen. But I thought that was important to say there, okay? So as we go into red flags, just know these are some of mine that I've noticed from other clients who have used uh, service providers in the marketing field that happened to them, right? And some things that have happened to me with past employees. So I'm using my own experiences and what I know are red flags. You may have some other ones. So this is not the end all be all list, okay? So the first one for me, right, when it comes to hiring someone, it's different because obviously I'm hiring employees, but I do have clients who have me kind of help them along the process, right? They're like, hey, can you look at this so-and-so person and see, because obviously I'm Facebook ads, let's say they're looking for someone in social media to do like social media management. They're like, hey, can you go check out this person? Give me like your honest feedback and opinion. And so I've done that before plenty of times, actually. And something that I've noticed is a red flag, at least for me, may not be for everyone, but is if they have a lack of engagement or action on their own social media. So as a social media manager, that's actually how I got started in all of this and in ads, I had to make sure I was present as much as possible on social media, right? If I'm wanting to manage other people's stuff and I was brand new, I had to make sure I was managing my own and being consistent with that. When I got too busy with clients, right, that's when I realized I needed to hire on other people so that our marketing could continue, right? So people could continue to see that, okay, this person says they're doing this and they actually are doing it for themselves. I know that they're alive, they're real, this is a a scam, right? The thing is, when people stop posting on social media, and let's say they're an agency like me or, you know, one-man band, whatever that is, Most likely, the reason for them not posting is not because they don't want to, it's because they don't have any time, which means most likely if they're out there still selling, you're not going to get their top quality work. And there are going to be a ton of people who are going to be mad at me for this, but it's true because this happened to me. I did this where I was like, people were coming to me. I didn't want to say no. I wasn't ready to hire people yet. So I was do, doing it all by myself. I was working seven days a week. I probably took a half day on Sundays, maybe. And that was when my husband was like, yeah, we need to stop doing this because you are literally working all of the time for maybe $10,000 a month, right? And all of that is going back into, you know, tools and stuff that I'm trying to use to optimize things. So 
A red flag is that lack of engagement, especially if they were super engaged previously. Now, this is a balancing act when you're new within like the marketing field. And like I said, I went through it, but I did not let it last very long because my thing has always been, I need to make sure that the clients that we have, you know, on our docket are getting the utmost attention from me and my team. So if I am too overwhelmed or my team is too overwhelmed, that means we need to hire someone else, right? So that our clients are still getting the consistency and good work that they need. So that is a red flag. Some people will get upset with me. Some people will say, hey, I don't ha- I shouldn't have to post all the time to be considered an expert in my field. And that's great. This is my opinion. I do think that some sort of consistency, at least posting, you know, two to three times a week is important. If you're in the marketing space, how are we supposed to get better? How are we supposed to research and know what's trending and working from our clients if we're not in it, right? If we're not doing it ourselves. So that's my my red flag. Another one is like no reviews or no negative reviews. And some people find that one interesting because they're like, Nicole, what does that even mean? Okay, there's always going to be people who have something wrong with us, right? We're not everybody's cup of tea. So to me, when I see no negative reviews, it can get a little concerning as in, you know, people are paying people off, people are, and I know this, that kind of sounds like, kind of like, well, Nicole, that's crazy, but it's kind of true. There are some things where a lot of people will say, hey, I know you had a bad experience. I don't want to have you leave a bad review for us. Here's, you know, a refund to that if you leave me a review. People do that all the time. So I do like seeing a variety of reviews because it means that person's human. It means that they're not hiding behind stuff. They're not deleting things. They're open for those hard conversations. I believe I have like two negative reviews on my Facebook page or I have none on Google like reviews, but on my Facebook page, I do have a couple. I think it's really important to see how the people you're wanting to work with react to situations like that, right? Are they very confrontational? Are they blaming the other person? Or do they take some sort of accountability for it? Apologize, say that wasn't, you know, their plan or their goal and work through it like that. I think you can see a lot. To me, character is shown when somebody is being thrown in the fire. It's not when somebody doesn't have any pressure on them, right? So that's kind of how I go through that. And No reviews, obviously, is a red flag because how long have they been doing this? Do they have any experience? And then I have no reviews pertaining to what they will be supporting you with. Now, this is more so like detailed because as someone in the marketing field, we have skills in a lot of different things. But when someone is selling a service to you, it's always reassuring when you can find a review that's pertaining to that service they're serving, like serving you, right? So I do consider those red flags and it's just something that when I get on calls with people, I do ask them face to face, hey, why don't you have this? Do you have any that you just haven't posted anywhere? Sometimes that happens. And then I also ask this question right after it. And this is a really good one, but this is a red flag if they don't have it. If they don't have, so let's say they don't have any reviews up and you ask them, you say, hey, do you have any reviews that just haven't been posted? Let's say they say yes. And then you ask them, well, are there any people that I can reach out to and that you've worked with that would be open to having a conversation with me about, you know, your working style, how the relationship went, 
how the project went, etc. If people say no, this one's a really big red flag for me because even if, right, like I said, all of us have some sort of negative review out there, most likely or eventually will, even if we have those, we should have some people who are like pretty loyal fans if we've been in it for a while who would be willing to support us and talk about how it has been worth working with us, right? So that to me is another red flag. And then one of the ones that to me is probably the most important to ask or that is like to me the one that kind of stands out as a big red flag is I'm not being an open book to answer any and all of your questions. So there's a lot of people out there, and I don't know if it's necessarily the marketing space, but as you guys know, I'm online all the time. So I'm around a lot of business coaches and a lot of different like service providers. There are some people who don't like answering questions because they feel they've been beyond that point in their business and that somebody should be doing more research with them before getting on like a, a consultation call, right? You know, I see the side of you there. We all, our time is very valuable. We all love our businesses and we put a lot of effort into them. So if people also aren't doing their due diligence, we can kind of doubt things. But they should never be afraid to answer those questions for you. So to me, even though, you know, people have their way of doing things, I do think it's a red flag, no matter your questions, whether you could have found the answer, you know, on their website or not, you should be able to ask them and they should be a complete open book about wanting to show you that process, sharing it. It doesn't matter to me personally what level my clients are at. I have a lot of potential clients who are saving to work with us, right? So they get on consultation calls and they're like, what's the process? How does it look? They have all of these questions and a lot of them pertain to like, where do I need to be at? What should I, like, what should my goals be to be able to like, hand this off to you, etc. And that to me is like the funnest part about what I do is really strategizing with my potential clients and my current clients about how to scale and grow their businesses. It's not that, oh, I'm too good to answer that question because I've answered it a bajillion times. It's no, you're a different person, a different business. There might be a different answer to that. So if somebody isn't willing to get on a call or talk to you face to face before you sign a contract, like if that's something you want, right? Some of us can sell, you know, things in the DMs or whatever it is that we're doing and people are fine not talking on the phone or getting on a Zoom. But if you want to get on a Zoom or a phone call with a potential person who will be working in your business and they say no, that is a red flag and that is okay for you to be like, yeah, this isn't going to work because you deserve to have the right to have that conversation before saying yes to anything. So done with the red flags, done with the negative. I like putting those up front because I'm getting in the good stuff and something that is really important to me on finding the right marketing person for you. A lot of people think marketing is just creative and design. And a lot of people use like strategy, right? They're like marketing strategy, but they don't even really know what a strategy is, right? Or like how to build it. But there's lots of things that go into marketing and having somebody on your team. But something that a lot of people, and I think a lot of people, at least when I went to school for this, they're like, oh, I'm going to marketing because I don't have to do math. Um, There's a lot of math in marketing. But it's true. Like there is a lot. To build a strategy, you literally have to know math because you're building it based off the data, right, of numbers and what those numbers are telling you. So the first one that you need to look for in a really good marketing team member, no matter what they're doing, even if they're just doing graphics and content, right, they need to know this stuff, is 
they need to understand data and tracking. They need to be able to track where stuff's coming from or at least learn that, right? It is a skill and it's something that we here at DMS have dived so far into, which is why our clients are staying with us two plus years because we know the numbers and we know where things are coming from. Even if they've just hired us to focus on, you know, advertising, we can at least say, hey, ads are bringing in 35% of your sales and here's where those other stuff's coming from, right? It's email, it's, you know, organic social media, whatever that is. That data and numbers and understanding the tracking of things is literally what is putting our clients ahead of their competition and still growing during what's happening right now in 22. I have multiple clients who have hit it out of the park since, I mean, the whole year, but especially since April through July, which is when I'm recording this, that's insane to be doubling, tripling, quadrupling what they made last year at the same time when people were still buying online a lot more than in person. So it's just something to think about. Find somebody who maybe numbers aren't their favorite, but they understand it and they can be good at it. The next thing is strategy. Like what do they do here? What is their strategy? What do they base it off of? How did they gain these skills with their strategy, right? Did they support other businesses? Do they have examples? Because that to me, strategy is something that isn't cookie cutter, right? And it's not something you can ask someone and say, hey, what's, what's going to be your strategy for my business, right? Because they need, to, they need to ask a lot more questions and you have to give them a lot more answers. But you need to find somebody who is really, really into building things that are based off of your business. Something that I like to do when, let's say I have consultation calls, is I always try to find a client that I've worked with or I'm currently working with that kind of meets the same industry or niche as this potential client I'm talking to so that I can actually give them real examples of how we've built out this strategy, answer their questions based off of what we've done for them, because it can really help them relate. So for you, you're going to want to find somebody who's worked in maybe the same industry that you're in, has some experience in that, maybe some examples or maybe some ideas. I love getting on consult calls and being able to say, hey, try this. Like before a lot of people work with me, we have calls. Some people are ready to go right then, but some people need some time, right? They're interviewing other people, super smart, and they're wanting to maybe test something out, right? So I always try to give my consultation call clients something they can start implementing right then so that they know that if it starts working, they know who to come back to, right? And I wasn't afraid to give them that information. So for you, look for that when you're talking to people and you're trying to get somebody on for your marketing team, right? Partnership, whatever it is you're wanting to do. See if they're willing to give you some free nuggets before you've said yes, because those are going to be the people who always go over and beyond for you. The next one, number three, is communication style. We all have different ways that we like to communicate, different communication boundaries. For me, I had zero when I started my business. Oh, silly old me. And now I have a lot more just for my sanity, but also the sanity of my clients. Because Let's be honest, uh, when you're dealing with people's money, it can get heated and it can get scary, especially when people react out of fear, especially with what's going on in the environment, like the economy and environment of the world right now. There's a lot of fear out there and fear 
did he know is actually contagious. Interesting. They've done studies on it. But what fear makes people do is act out of the ordinary of how they would normally act, right? So there could be fast emotional action that normally wouldn't have happened, things being said that normally wouldn't have been said. So understanding how somebody reacts in those situations is important. So asking a question to somebody where you say, hey, if I come at you and I say, you don't know what the hell that you're doing, right? Let's say you say that to them. How are you going to respond to me? (laughs) It may be like a little out there and maybe you rephrase the question, but I like catching people sometimes, like I said, off guard because that's who they really are. They have to really think about how they're going to respond to that and they're going to be more themselves. How I would respond to that is, well, I would take a moment to evaluate what you're saying. I don't know what to do, right? Because I would definitely be shocked and a little bit uncomfortable. Again, having somebody be honest with you about that is really important, which means they'll be honest with you about their feelings all of the time. And then I would most likely say, I would ask you, what do you believe I'm doing wrong? And what can I do to change that right now to support you? Because I can tell that something is off and that's the last thing that I want you to feel that I'm, you know, screwing you over or doing things wrong or not doing them the way that you'd like me to do them. So that's how I just approached that question. That would immediately calm the other person down because they could immediately feel my concern for them and how they're feeling, right? It really is the humanness of us and putting others first that are going to be really important. But they saw my communication style wasn't to bite back. It wasn't to say, screw this, I don't have to deal with it because, you know, I'm a service provider and I'm not an employee. It was still setting boundaries of, hey, I can tell that something's wrong, but I don't know what that is. Can you please help me so that I can do it better and not do it again? That communication style was upfront. It wasn't passive aggressive. It made sure that the other person still felt heard and seen. And it was something where I still felt safe in that conversation, right? Now for me, there have been times where those type of things have happened to me with clients and my boundaries were then taken advantage of as well. So what you have to make sure to do is that you're ready for this type of commitment of bringing someone on your team because you still have to be patient, you still have to be kind, and you still have to be able to communicate too, right? So communication is key here. All of us have different types of communication styles. You want to find someone who has a really close style to yours or at least has worked with someone like your communication style so that they know how to you know, handle good situations and hard situations. The next thing you want to do is how are you going to be in contact with this person? Are they working in-house with you? If you needed to get in contact with them, where are you going to be doing that? Is it through email? Is it through phone? Is it through text? Is it through voice note? Any of those things that's really important to understand. And also when you can or cannot contact that person, right? Do they have hours? Does it work for you? For example, I'm on um, the Pacific coast. So that means that all of my clients on the East coast get extra time with me. So usually during their busy time of the day is like my middle of the day, like lunchtime. So when they're off at home and they can have that hour of debrief or they're like, Hey, I remembered this. They know that I'm still working. And that's something that I think is just, it's overlooked, right? How often can you contact this person? When can you contact this person? Does it work for your schedule? 
The next thing is contracts. What kind of contract are you putting them on? Are they an employee? Are they a service provider like me? Look at those contracts. People need to have contracts. If they do not have a contract, please run. <laughs> There's probably another red flag, but contracts are really important. Without having contracts, somebody could you know, run with your money. So I always say contracts are just a safety net for everyone and make sure that when you sign a contract, you stick to that contract, right? That's been something that's been happening a lot since after COVID. People will sign things and think that they're not legal binding documents. So please, before you sign something, make sure it's something that you are saying yes to and in for the long haul of the contract. The next thing I like to look for is the average length of a client for someone. And this is even looking at myself because I have had turnover, obviously, probably quite a bit of turnover in my business. And this hasn't necessarily been because of what I do, right? The work that we do, but it has been due to me changing up packages, upping my prices, changing how or who we support client-wise, right? Because we're niching down more. So a lot of that has been due to our choice and me setting boundaries, which is great. But I do have a, our average right now for clients is I think over eight plus months. I have multiple clients going on their two years here soon. So it really depends on, you know, what we're doing for that client. But I think it's a good question to ask because if you have people who are working on a contract basis, right, not just like a project base, that's different. They're working on like a contract basis and they're looking to keep clients. How does that work for them? Why is, let's say, their average only three months? And that may be because those people need more support. It's just a, a good question to ask. And I really like to see where people are at with that and kind of the honesty. Do they only want to work with people for six months because they want to move them into some other direction? There's a lot of things that could be uh, the reason for that. And then the next one that I really want to focus on is look for a partnership. This is something that will really allow you when it comes to, you know, the cost of paying someone. Even though I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm putting this here it's really going to help you see their value, right? All of these things that I'm talking about right now are helping you put a value on this support and this person who's helping you, right? And it may be a really great idea to write out like your dream partner for social media, who that person would be, the tasks they would take over for you. Because writing out all of those tasks that you probably don't even get close to touching that they would have time to do for you is going to make you feel so phenomenal and make this a yes decision that you will think to yourself, why haven't I done this before? Because you don't need to have like a marketing agency like me running all of your stuff right now if it doesn't make sense money-wise. But you can have a really great VA or a really great, you know, social media manager who's just wanting to have like five clients and that's all she wants, you know? There's some really great people out there people that have a good reputation out there that would love to support you. So to me, it's write down your dream partnership for the roles that you're looking for and write down everything they could do for you. Even the things you're not doing yet that you'd want them to do, even the things you wish you could do, but you can't get to write it down and see how much work and support that really does add up to, because then it really negates the cost. Cause not only are you not doing it, 
They're doing so much more than you could do. And you'll end up making more money, right? And just honestly being more sane. And to me, I've really switched my business and how I've been running it because I was always chasing these goals and I was hitting them and it was great. But then there's always, you always want something more. What I started to focus on was really the happiness and the partnerships I had with my clients and their products or their services. Like, was I passionate about it? Did I feel that they were great people and they had great products? And that's really what has been the driving force of our restructuring in the business, but also my restructuring of how I talk about business. Money, yes, can buy you things. Yes, it can get you out of very hard situations, which is awesome, right? It is essential to our life, but it can't buy you happiness. That's something we have to do within ourselves. So with this project that we're talking about, you know, getting a a good marketing team member on with your business, you want to make sure it's a partnership and you want to make sure that they help you stay happy and that they're happy as well. And then the last one that so many people don't pay attention to enough, I am definitely at fault for this plenty, is listening to your intuition. It's really hard for me to get a bad vibe from somebody that I do not know, right? I have no idea who they are, but let's say they're a potential client. I get a bad vibe from them on a call, but I'm like, oh, I could help their business. I've done this before. I'm probably just feeling this way, you know, because, you know, I had a bad morning or whatever it is. I'm sure it's not them. Sometimes it is. (laughs) And that's okay. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. But you need to listen to your intuition. If your intuition is telling you something is off, please listen. And don't take it as something bad. There are so many times in my business that I should have listened to my gut telling me, eh, like this isn't, we don't think this is going to work, Nicole. Don't do that. Because it would save me so much heartache and headaches and regretfulness and me saying, ah, why do I do this to myself? So when you are looking for team members, wherever that is, please listen to what that first instinct is telling you. If it is telling you, go for it, and you're afraid, go for it, right? If it's telling you, ah, I don't know yet, I need more time, I need more questions, please give yourself more time and please ask yourself more questions. That eh feeling is not necessarily like you feeling that towards that person, right, that you're having the interview or conversation with. It has to do with yourself and your intuition not feeling comfortable and ready yet. So that's really important to listen to because I've had a lot of people say yes to things, right? Because they knew they needed to do it, but they weren't ready. If you're not ready, no matter what I or my team do for you or somebody else does for you, it's not going to be right. It's not going to be the way that we need it to be because we all have to be on the same page moving forward or holding ourselves back. And then, of course, if you feel like, yeah, this person is not the person for me, I just, I have that feeling, listen to it. You can do it in a nice way. There's lots of ways to have conversation and be like, hey, you know, I'm just not feeling this, but I so appreciate your time. Please let me know if there's any way I can support you and leave it like that. Because when it comes to your babies, right, you would never put them in somebody's arms where you were like, eh, right? You would never do that. You would never do that in your business either. So. Think of your businesses as your babies. That's going to help you a lot with listening to your intuition and making sure that the people you bring in are a good decision. You know, things change. Obviously, people change. You have no control over that. But in that moment, 
you're excited about it. You know this is going to be a good fit for you and that they know their stuff. I know this was definitely a longer podcast than usual, but I'm pretty passionate about this. And I really do want people in my space and small business owners like yourself to find good people. We are out here. We do want to stand out, obviously, as good service providers. And I'm not going to lie, at times it's really hard to have the mental capacity to want to be online all the time, right? And to share all the things and be like, here are all the things we're doing for our clients. Because there's so much going on online currently that I am not a fan of, that I can see right through. And I hope other people can see right through it too. But it does give working with service providers like myself a bad name or, you know, a bad reputation because people are afraid that they're just going to be taken advantage of, right? Because people are learning good sales skills, but they're not learning how to actually do the stuff that they're selling, which makes it this whole cycle of just leaving a bad taste in people's mouth. But the main reason that I always try to show up, even in those moments where I'm like, I'm so annoyed with this right now and I see right through it, is because if I'm not showing up and service providers and business owners like us, because I'm sure some of you who are listening feel this way too. You're like, ah, Sally Jo says she makes her jewelry and she doesn't. I know where she's getting it, right? That happens all the time. Trust me. Those are usually the people I say, hey, like we can't false advertise here, but that's another story for another day. Anywho. If you can resonate with how I'm feeling, if we don't show up, right, if we decide, oh, I'm just going to boycott it because all these other people are annoying me and they're doing, you know, bad sales tactics and bad marketing and I don't agree, those are going to be the only people who are being heard and listened to and bought into. So we have to make sure that we're showing up. We have to make sure that we are staying in our lane, as I like to say, stay in your lane. And focus on the good and focus on why people should be in our spaces and why we can support them and why, you know, our products are the products to buy, X, Y, Z. That's what's really going to make sure that all of the bad that we deal with doesn't outshine the good and the people who are our people are still able to find us, right? And we can make this change in how service providers are seen because and how business owners in general are seen because we're not just out for the money, we're out to actually serve and support and help our people make a difference in their lives and become happy. Something that has really transformed my life recently has been the ability to focus on what's making me happy, not what's just making me money. And that has been a really big transition. And I know we kind of talked about the money mindset in this episode. And yes, I know this has been long, but it's just something that will keep you guys on the right track if you remember that you're doing this for sustainability, you're doing this for happiness, you're doing this to have a life that you love, right? So make sure that that's kind of at the forefront as you move forward. And with that being said, I will let you all go. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found a ton of value. If you are looking for a marketing person to join your team, that this is super helpful to you. Again, if you ever need support in Facebook, Google, TikTok, advertising, or organic social media, please reach out to us. We are here to help you as well. And I, again, hope you have a great rest of your day. Keep kicking ass. Remember, we're already in third quarter. So let's get it going. And also, the lounge is coming up. So if you are an e-commerce business owner and you're looking for a community surrounded by awesome e-commerce marketing strategies, trainings, tips, support, 
that's going to be the space for you. It's $47 a month. It's amazing. And that will be in the podcast notes. So if you're interested in, you know, finding out more about that, getting on the wait list, it will be there. Appreciate you all so, so much. And we will see you. See you. You will hear me. I just wanted to say thank you so much to listening to today's episode. I know that taking time out of your day to listen to other people's advice and their tips and tricks does take time. So I just wanted to let you know how appreciative I am of you being here with me today. I hope that you continue to come back. So make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you'd like to be updated on when new ones launch. And I can't wait to see you slash hopefully have you hear me on our next podcast. See you later.